I got a lot of confidence in my guy, Steph. He's going to break the oh, record God. in the garden. To, I know you don't want it to happen there. It's going to happen. But he was smart. <laughs> it ain't happening, Lethal. What? Tom Thibodeau is willing to lose by 80. <laughs> you think so? Full court, triple team. Let everybody else score. You know what I'm saying? Anybody but Steph. We will lose this game, but Steph is not breaking this record. That's what Tibbs is going to say. Oh, my God. What's up, what's up, and welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, and as usual, I got my guys with me, Christian Winfield and Lethal Shooter. Fellas, what is going on? I'm loving the sweaters, gang, hey, gang. Hey, these sweaters is dope, <laughs> These man. are nice, Whoever, man. I'm just mad y'all got green, you know what I'm saying? Both of y'all got green, I got blue, you know what I'm saying? Green is, green is cash money. Yeah, cash money. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> like, for people who don't hey, know, man. we are rocking the uninterrupted Ugly Christmas oh, yes. sweaters featuring the one and only LeBron James. Yeah. Oh, that's who's on here? Yes. It's LeBron oh, as Santa Claus. I, I, I wouldn't call these ugly. I mean, I know I'm not a fashion <laughs> guy, I but saying. I would wear this to a party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Would you wear it to a <laughs> non-holiday party like in October? I mean, I like the way this thing feels. This is this is <laughs> some, I'm saying. some... I mean, this is an expensive sweater, uninterrupted, going all out for us. The thread count is elite on these. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, they're not cheap with it. This, this feels good. I need a few more. I feel like I'm part of a team. You feel me? Right. They send us hoodies. They send well, us this. They send wait, us wait, all wait. types of stuff. Wait, wait, wait. I ain't got no hoodie. What's going on? I ain't getting no hoodie technically, yet. Technically, only Lethal and I are part oh. of the same team. We're wearing green, so. Oh, look at this. They just excluded. See, that's why you ain't getting no hoodie, Lethal. Right, you know, you know, Lethal was taking it seriously because he got his hat to match his his swag today. It's matching oh, the red. No, 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 no! Don't do that. We was just talking. He got that hat on because his hairline is chopped. Don't do <laughs> oh, it. Oh my god! Listen, <laughs> terrible. We crack jokes on this show, but we want to go ahead and thank you for supporting us. Be sure Facts. to subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening, and get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. Why? Because we're too cool for all of that. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you interact with us because you might just hear your comments on the next show. So we are now entering the second quarter of the season, and this is one of my favorite parts of the year. Why? Because we are approaching trade season. Dun, 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 dun. So on this edition of 3 on 5, we're doing some roster reconstruction. On December 15th, players who signed new deals last summer become trade eligible. So we're putting on our hard hats, browsing through blueprints and firing up the trade machine and giving a few squads an extreme team makeover. Some of these franchises are buyers seeking out distressed assets while the sellers are putting signs out in the front yard and hoping to build a new foundation for the future. It's time for a fix and flip glow up edition of three on five. All right, y'all. Check ball. It's time for us to go three on five. All right, so first team up, the Portland Trailblazers. This is a team that Christian has a lot of opinions on, so I'm going to go to you first. But first, I'm going to go ahead and give you some backstory. Currently fighting for the last play-in spot, the Blazers have seriously underachieved in the era of Chauncey Billups, his first season as head coach. Under former coach Terry Stotts, the Blazers struggled defensively, and that trend has continued under Billups. 
leaving many to come to the conclusion that the roster construction is the issue in Portland. Christian, if you were in charge in Portland, would you sell out to make one more run or are you blowing this whole thing up? You know, Ashley, you said the uh, Trailblazers underachieved, and I got to disagree with you. They are who we thought they were. Ooh, this team ouch. was never going to be a title contender. I've said this multiple times. They just don't have it. They don't have the pieces to do it. I love Dame, individual talent, incredible. CJ, individual talent, incredible. But you don't bring in a rookie head coach to turn a team into a title contender, right? I, I don't think that, I don't think it works like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they got to blow it up. You know, I think this is past due, right? They should have, in my opinion, they should have been blown this up a couple years ago. I think we saw the 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 peak of the Trailblazers, right? When they made that Western Conference Finals appearance only to get swept right out of the, um, I, I think that, and the interesting part about the roster that they have is, they don't have to do any group trades. You can trade Dame on his own. You can trade CJ on his own. You can trade a lot of these different players on yeah, the roster. Yeah, so let me, let me, before you finish that thought, let me give everybody some, you know, information on what, you know, they're dealing with in Portland. So CJ's currently on a three-year deal, $100 million. That contract ends in 2024. Covington has an expiring contract. Nurkic is also has an expiring contract, making $12 million this season. They have been tied to some of the players that are also looking to be moved around. Miles Turner, Christian Wood, Mo Bamba, Ben Simmons, obviously that is a name that's being thrown around. So knowing that information, how are you blowing up this team? I don't think the the Trailblazers are going to get what they want in exchange for Dame, right? Because you're not going to trade Dame to a, a bottom-feeding team, right? You're not going to trade him to Detroit for an out right. at the number one pick. You're going to send him to a contender because that's what you do to players that have been so loyal and put the team on your back Absolutely. for so Say long. Say that again. Say that again. Exactly. And, <laughs> right. and you're also going to do something similar for CJ, right? Just because it didn't work out didn't mean that these are guys that didn't put their blood, sweat, and tears on the line. So that they're going to be able to get some type of draft compensation back, but they're not going to be able to get those top picks. So what they're going to have to do is now look at Robert Covington as a guy who you can trade to a to another contender for, for, a, for a pick. You can trade Yusuf Nurkic to another contender for a pick, right? And I think that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to rebuild this thing kind of the way they built it. They built this team through the draft, and they're going to have to rebuild it that way. I don't think their focus should be trying to trade for current young stars because those current young stars are just going to leave in free agency, right? I think they need to build these. I think they need to build their their pool of draft talent and uh, really just got to start from the beginning. I think they should have done this a while ago. Had they done this two, three years ago, they'd, they'd be, be two to three years right down now. the line yeah. right now. Yeah. Exactly. So, Lethal, it, let me ask you a question. CJ McCollum is kind of a conundrum. You know, he he has a lot of great things about his game, but in Portland and with Dame, it just has not worked. It just hasn't clicked for whatever reason. What do you see from him that are his strengths? And what do you see from him that are his weaknesses? And because of both of those things, where is the best landing spot for him if he is packaged up and traded by Portland? Uh, I feel like CJ, he's great. Um, He's definitely great next to Dame. But um, I think sometimes it hurts that he's uh, just a tad bit undersized. And um, sometimes, like, you know, all due respect, it's just something isn't, clicking all the way with the consistency like I feel like you know like like Chris said in the most positive way possible like we love those guys they're great guys but something isn't working like split these guys up let's get it going let's start from scratch um he's a great locker room guy he's and he'll be great in any system I feel like that he goes to but right now in 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 Portland something may add up and I feel like it was so much pressure to put on Chauncey Billups to come into a situation 
where not saying that he wasn't, but I feel like, you know, the leaders like Dame and CJ and other guys who were th there, I think Chauncey was so frustrated because those guys are actually supposed to lay down the foundation on how it's supposed to be done. Like we spoke about um, a few weeks back on one of the podcasts when Chauncey was uh, beyond pissed. And I just feel like, you know, in a positive world, like like what Chris is saying, just start from scratch. Blow the whole team up. Start off like OKC and let's, and let's, let's do this the right way. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Portland's in a very lucky position in terms of trade value because I think a lot of their guys have extremely high trade value. Obviously, CJ does. Yeah. I still think Covington does. Obviously, Nurkic does. Mm -hmm. I also think, you know, you have some young guys that you can keep in the mix of your organization to really develop them. People like Nazir Little, I think he's worth keeping because you always want to keep young guys around because they're easy to mold and 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 groom just to fit perfectly within the inner workings of a team. So I definitely think that in terms, I know there's been conversations about Ben Simmons to Portland. I don't think that works because although you need them to get better defensively, I think also you still need that help with Dame to go ahead and, and score. And I think that although the market, I feel like, would be a good fit for Ben Simmons because it's not as big of a spotlight as, say, Philly or New York or L.A., I think if you're going to go ahead and take somebody like CJ out of the equation, which is probably the only player that would make sense to go ahead and do that swap with um, Ben because he's making $30 million a year, you still need to give the Trailblazers and Dame specifically that scoring help, that Robin that can still score. Yeah. And Ben Simmons is just not that guy. So I don't think he works. Yeah, and, I, and I'm looking at these names, like, all due respect, like, these aren't names that it's like when they come, they're just going to, like, they're going to go straight to the finals or go to the West or... Exactly. And, like, all due respect, like like you guys know, it's not... If we're going to blow the team up, like like Chris is saying, let's just, let's just get some picks. Like, let's... Because this right here, like, I just... Well, better question, uh, yeah. Christian, like let me like let these. me ask you this. I mean, this is also, you know, the other side of the conversation. Blowing up the team, obviously, is, is something that we've spoken about. We've spoken about for seasons. But to Lethal's point, it might just make more sense for Dame to leave. Because the names that are available, the, the players that you can trade for, are they going to really make a substantial difference, like Lethal said, when it comes to the oh, end no. goal and winning a championship? Nah, or does Dame need I mean, to get ahead of this respect, and save no. himself? No, we've been saying this for a while now. There's there's no help. Jesus Shuttlesworth ain't walking through that door to save the, the Trailblazers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's nothing that they can get right now. You need the Monstars. <laughs> right, unless you're trading everything, everyone not named Dame for Giannis, which isn't yeah. happening. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're trading everyone not named Dame for KD. The pieces that could help are not available. Dame could have done this a couple years ago. You know what I'm saying? He could have seen the writing on the wall when the best season that he's had in Portland, the best Trailblazer season there's been ended in a sweep to the Warriors in the in the in the Western Conference Finals, right? That was it. And th at that point, I think we all understood. Okay, the roster is currently constructed, isn't going anywhere. And if you're trading to just CJ and a couple other pieces, you're not going to be able to get enough, right? The the piece to trade is Dame. And if you trade Dame, you're not going to get enough to support CJ and the other guys, right? So it, it's a tough situation, uh, but it's it's really not tough at all. You know, sometimes you just got to know when a breakup is best for both sides. I think Portland is really in the driver's seat here because, like I said earlier, 
They have so many different players that they can trade for assets. I mean, you could trade C.J. McCollum to Dallas, I think, and I think that's a great fit. Him, Luka, and, and KP, and you get a couple other pieces. You get a couple young players that you could then flip and some draft pe- and some draft picks. And then you could turn around and trade Dame to wherever. You could trade Dame to the Knicks. You could trade Dame to Philly. You could trade Dame to, to Brooklyn. You could trade him wherever you want to, and you'll still get back those assets. You'll probably get back players that you could then trade elsewhere for other draft pieces. So I think Portland should do the smart thing. I think Dame should do the smart thing for himself. But, you know, sometimes people are loyal to a fault. All right. Well, we could talk about Dame forever, and I'm sure we'll be on Dame Watch a little bit longer. But we're going to move on to another team that needs our help. And that is team number two, the Indiana Pacers, because we are heading to the Hoosier State where the buyer's market is hot if you are interested in Indiana real estate. Now, according to Shams, right? You guys know I always mess that. You guys know I always mess that up, but I think that's right. Sources say the Indiana Pacers are moving towards rebuilding and trade talks have centered on Karis Levert, Sabonis, or Miles Turner. Now, there was optimism heading into this year as the Pacers were returning with mostly a healthy roster intact, but that optimism has quickly faded after a slow start and owner Herb Simon is now ready for a complete renovation. Christian, how do you fix the Indiana Pacers? Easy. Trade for Ben Simmons. Indiana has had issues solely based on their location, right? Players don't want to go to Indiana. Players don't want to stay in Indiana. And if you don't draft that superstar player like the Pacers haven't been able to, you got to go get one. And Ben Simmons still has a lot of time left on his deal. And the Pacers have proven, that. at least I think, that they can get the pieces. I think the Pacers' front office is smart. They just haven't been able to, you know what I'm saying, get star talent because of their location. So if you get a guy who's already under contract for quite some time, you know, and and you you can make that deal happen. I think what hurt them now is signing Malcolm Brogdon to a deal that doesn't allow him to be traded this year because if you would have put yeah, Malcolm Brogdon, like Karis LeVert, and, and another couple pieces in a deal for Ben Simmons, Package. I think I think Philly does that immediately. right? I still think there's a way to make that deal happen, but I, I think for the Pacers, they can go one of two routes. Either you go get that star now, and to as much crap as a lot of people give Ben Simmons, I still think he has the talent to be a perennial all-star in this league. You just A, have to show as a franchise, show that you believe in him, and B, as a franchise, put the pieces around him to succeed. So either A, go get Ben Simmons, or do the same thing we said Portland should do. Blow everything up. You can trade, you can up. get yeah. you can get picks for Karis LeVert. They were already talking about trading Miles Turner in a deal for what? For 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 Mitchell Robinson was? I think I saw that floated around out there. The thing with Ben Simmons, I agree it makes the most sense. Obviously, it makes the most sense for Philly also, they would get a lot of young talent in return, and that would drastically improve their team. And ultimately, I think that that would be a team to beat in the yeah. East more so than they already are. Rick Carlisle is an excellent head coach, you know. And, and he's really and good, have, and he knows mm-hmm. how to get the full potential out of the exactly. players. Exactly. Having him, yeah, having Ben Simmons under his wing, uh, I, I think that'd yeah. be great. I, I would like to see that happen. Yeah. Well, Me look, there. Like I said, whoever goes ahead and trades with the Pacers is getting a lot of talent for whoever or how many players that they trade for. So I want to ask you guys some potential destinations for a guy that gives Julius Randle the business every time they play each other. Sabonis, <laughs> he will become a free agent in 2024. He's currently on year two of a four-year, 74.9 million dollar contract. Also, you have Miles um, Turner will become a free agent in 2023 on year three of his. 
four-year $80 million contract. And then you have Karis LeVert, who will also become a free agent in 2023. And he is on year two of a three-year $52.5 million contract. Christian, I'll start with you. Karis LeVert, somebody you, you know, covered when he was with the Brooklyn Nets. Ideal situation for him. Is it to stay in Indiana or elsewhere? No, you know, and I think it makes a lot of sense. I'd like to see Karis in Philly. You know, I think you put Karis next to Joel Embiid, next to Tobias Harris, next to next to all those guys. He's a guy that can play, make, can make a can make plays for himself, can create plays for his teammates, uh, and he's a guy that's also going to get out there and compete on the defensive end as well. I like I like that fit there, um, and I think that goes to hand in hand. If the Pacers end up making a deal for Ben Simmons, I think we just are going to see Karis LeVert on on the Sixers that way. Uh, I think that's a great fit. Lethal, what do you think? Where do you think Karis should play? To be honest with you, bro, like his game is so versatile. Yeah. His game is so he's he's very unorthodox. I think he could fit in any type of system. I'm kind of confused why teams don't want him want him because I feel like if he's healthy, if he's doing his thing, he he can be a superstar. He mm. showed signs of that mm. uh, a few times when um he was on the Nets. Yeah. And um and I and I feel like unfortunately, all due respect, I don't think the he 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 needs to leave the Pacers. You know what I mean? Because he's wow, he, he's definitely he's definitely <laughs> yeah he's definitely not getting what he wants out of there. So I feel like in the right system though, I think he can make he can make a lot of money. Yeah. Well, what about somebody like I said? He he cooks Julius Randle or doesn't cook him, gives him a hard time every time they got to play each other. Sabonis, where is it? What's an ideal destination for him? Uh, you know what's funny? I, I was thinking about this the other day. I'd like to see Sabonis next to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at that five spot. I, I think he'll give them some toughness in that front. Court. I don't think the the the, uh, the Celtics would have to give up either of those two guys to get him. Uh, remember, Sabonis is a guy who's going to space the floor and knock down a three. He can make plays for you in the mid-range. I like him out of the high post. And then down low, he's a beast. You know what I'm saying? He's a guy who shut down Joel Embiid from time to time. We've seen that happen. He's strong. Yeah, so he's you strong. put him down low, yeah. and then you got Tatum and Brown making plays on the wing. I still, I'm still not sold on the Celtics until they have a, a, a full-time answer at that point guard. I don't think Marcus Smart is your answer, and, and I don't think Dennis Schroeder is your answer there either if you're going to build around those two guys that we spoke about. But um, I think Sabonis would, would give that team a different dynamic. What you think, Lethal? I mean, I agree with you 100%. This guy's a bruiser. Right. Like, you know, he's he he does not, once again, like you guys saying, because he's in a, a small market. But, you know, somebody like Ben, his brand is so big, that market is no longer small. But his brand, all due respect, is kind of small. So people aren't really seeing how skilled this guy is. This guy can knock down his jump shot. This guy can bang with you. This guy can make the left-hand hook. This guy can make the right-hand hook. He'll dunk on you. And he's not afraid to get put his face in the play. Right. And I feel like he is that missing piece, like you were saying. You know, so I think that type of change would be huge yeah. for them. Like, like that would, I think that would be smart. And one more, one more, I think that one more smart. location I think makes sense for Sabonis. Um, you know, the Bucks took a blow when Brooke, when Brooke Lopez had to get back surgery. And, and if you could replace yeah. Brooke Lopez by adding Sabonis there, because you know, one way or another, two teams that I always expect to meet in the playoffs are are the Bucks and the Sixers. And, and if there's no matchup, if Brooke Lopez is if Brooke Lopez isn't there for the Bucks, and you're able to get Sabonis as that guy who can shut down and bead, and, and that guy that can give the Nets issues, you know what I'm saying, and that guy that can give the the Bulls issues in terms of trying to slow down Vucevic, that makes the Bucks that much better. So if we don't know when Brooke Lopez is coming back, put some pieces together and try to go get that man. Yeah, definitely. Listen, we're going to go ahead and move on now to the dirty, dirty South, the mm. home 
of my nine and four Dallas Cowboys. But we're going to talk about the Dallas Mavericks this time because we are in (laughs) the city of Dallas where the market has been stagnant since the arrival of the franchise player himself, Luca. Now, look, Dallas might seem like a decent place. It is. I've been there a few times. Shout out to Dallas. But we don't strive for decent here at Certified Buckets, all right? Not we at strive all. for greatness, all right? You and already Dallas know. has the foundation to be great. The city just needs a few complimentary attractions to drive its market value up. So, Christian, if you were Mark Cuban, how would you build around Luca. I'm looking, if I'm Mark Cuban, I'm looking at the, the teams that have disgruntled stars. I'm looking at Damon mm-hmm. CJ. I'm looking at Bradley mm-hmm. Beal. I'm looking at Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving. Right? I'm looking at those mm-hmm. three players like, okay, one of y'all are going to come. Because when you look at there, when you look at Dallas's cap sheet, you got Tim Hardaway Jr. making $21 million. You got Dwight Powell making $11 million. You got Reggie Bullock making $9 million. You got Maxi Kleber making also another $9 million. That's enough when you also then throw in some draft compensation, significant draft compensation, if you're going to go get one of those stars and say, hey, we're matching salaries. We're giving you every draft pick we can possibly imagine. Because when you think about it, Luca and Kristaps on paper should be enough. So at this point, I think for them, you need some some assistance. You need some support there. And even if you still have a healthy Kristaps Porzingis, because I think he's got he's to be healthy if this Mavericks team is going to win mm-hmm. a championship— they still need help in that backcourt. You know what I'm saying? I love Jalen Brunson's game. I think he's gonna, he's a dog. I think he's gonna have a future. But if you're trying to win right now, your third best player can't be Jalen Brunson. And that's what we're seeing right now from the Mavericks. They need to go get a bona fide third player. And I think they need to go all, they need to throw the kitchen sink at the Trailblazers, at the Wizards, uh, at the Nets for Kyrie, uh, at any any team that has it. Hey, may, maybe try to go get a guy like Karras. Maybe go get Karras and some pieces from the Pacers. See what you can do. You need that secondary playmaker after Luka that can also go for 30. Uh, and if they get one of those, I think they'll be okay. They don't need to blow it up. They just need to build on top of what they have right now. Well, Lethal, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to throw some numbers your way, and I want you to go ahead and, and dissect this and give me, you know, what players or player do you think can be the difference maker in this? All right, well, first up, the Mavericks are 28th in three-point shooting, 32%, 26th in points per game, and 23rd in assists per game. But here's the even crazier stat line. Minus 84 in 735 minutes with Luka and plus 82 in 518 Sheesh. minutes without Luka. Knowing both of those stat lines, how do you fix it? Man. <laughs> Lethal is in shock. He's like, I need a second to digest this. Yeah, this, this is, is hurting this my is, heart to go ahead. This and is dissect this is these wild, and I, and I think this is the prime example exactly what Chris was saying. Like, they need they they need that 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 extra piece. They need that person to come in to to help because this is this is bad. <laughs> you know, this is this is extremely bad. I mean, I'm not trying to say it's the coach. I'm not trying to say it's the players. But this is unacceptable, especially the the market that they're in, especially the changes that they made. Um, but this is this is very unacceptable. But like what Chris was saying, all this can change with one player. And I heard all the names you were saying, Chris. But I, I think is uh, if he doesn't stay, I think it's Kyrie. Yeah. Imagine imagine Luca not dominating the ball. He's able to come down, relax a little bit, not put so much pressure on him. Kyrie's dominating the ball. He's coming off a pick and roll with Pazingas. And then there is Luca in the corner. There's Tim Hardaway in the corner. And like 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 Chris was saying, all due respect to Brunson. He's a great guy. I love his. I love how hard he plays. Mm. I love his tenacity. But there's a few things 
that teams are keyed on defensively to stop him. There's ways you can't stop Kyrie. And I feel like they're like like Chris was saying, I would never blow this team up. They're just one or two pieces away because Luca's that good yeah. to, that, they, that they can get all the way yeah. to the finals. And, and here's yeah. another thing. Yeah, no, real quick, you know, for Luca to come off the ball. You gotta have a guy. Ooh. You gotta have somebody. You gotta have that. You gotta you have can. that motherfucker. And, and yeah. what, what I was thinking was that you know uh, maybe a, a stopgap could be if the if the Mavericks try to trade for Kemba, right? And, and Kemba is very much so available, as we've seen in New York. He can be had, but like, is Kemba still Kemba the same man, player that he was? Yeah, before? Kemba's my man, but that that you know he's a great guy, but he's not the fit right yeah. now. For what Dallas? That old four years Kimba ago, from Kimba? Charlotte. Yeah, four years we, ago. Oh, Kimba he the one. Come. He's the one. But right now, Kemba, I think, you know, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe Kemba might come back. But right now, as what we're seeing, he looked like he might slow them down a little bit. Yeah. Well, Christian, let me ask you yeah. this because we talk about how Kyrie's skill set would drastically improve the Dallas Mavericks. But if you are, you know, that front office, if you are that coaching staff in those conversations in the war room, as they call it in the NFL. Are you even taking the gamble to make a move for a player who may reject it because he has threatened retirement? You're with the Brooklyn Nets. You write with them. You work with them closely. Is that frustrating not only for the Nets to have a player who's kind of strong-arming you because you you can't really move someone who refuses to get moved? And also, it's got to be difficult for other teams as well to even entertain the idea of what they would give Brooklyn in terms of Kyrie when he's made it very clear, allegedly, it hasn't come from him directly, but there's been multiple reports that he has threatened retirement if Brooklyn tries to move him. Yeah, you know, I, I think the first thing is, if I'm Mark Cuban, I sit down with Kyrie and I say, yo, you're the piece we need to win a championship. And on top of that, there's no vaccine mandate here in Texas, right? You can come in, you got to get tested Texas. on game day, but you can play. <laughs> you don't need the vaccine, right? That's number one. Number two, I, I still think Kyrie wants to play basketball. You know what I'm saying? Me I just too. don't think he wants to take the vaccine, right? And, yes. and that's that's a personal, uh, he's at a crossroads right now. And if that can be solved, if I think there's no argument that if you put Kristaps Porzingis, Luka Doncic, and Kyrie Irving on the floor at the same team, they, oh. they can win seven games against anybody. Right? Absolutely. Yes. And I think Kyrie would know yeah. that as well. And I think Mark Cuban is the type of owner who's going to try to relate to you on whatever level you're at. So I, I yeah. think that would be it. That's that's probably one of the most realistic realistic destinations for Kyrie right now is Dallas. Well, well, the good thing is they hired somebody that Kyrie's very comfortable with, and that's Nico. Yeah, right, right, and, right. And right. I feel like, yeah, and I feel like if if it was to be a trade and it was somewhere like that, I think Kyrie wouldn't be as disappointed. But like you guys are saying, you put Kyrie on the team with the with this core Whew. right here. This is dangerous. Like this this team right here can be very very dangerous because. Pazingas as well, when you give him the ball too much as well, all due respect, he starts to look a little sloppy. <laughs> so, like, once you start putting him in situations that all he's doing is catching and shooting, he's catching and immediately drive, or he's catching it to go immediately to the pick and roll, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. But now, like like Chris was saying, they have the ball so much that he's in situations that he's losing the ball, that he's making bad right. decisions. And I feel like once he gets off the ball, let's give Luka a break. Luka is not... It's not like Luca's in like that, you know, that Creed shape. You know what I mean? So like, let's give <laughs> Luca, let's give Luca, yeah, let's give Luca a break and let Kyrie handle that thing. And imagine Luca in the fourth quarter that he didn't have to dribble the whole game, pick and roll the whole game, dri- like do everything. Imagine how Luca will look in the fourth quarter. Like Luca will be putting up like pistol Pete numbers. Hey, Luca and Kyrie would be what Portland wanted Damon CJ to be. 
All right, guys. So next up is a team that's near and dear to my heart. They represent my hometown. They are the bane of my existence and also the sole purpose of a lot of my basketball joy. It's been a roller coaster ride, as usual. It's the New York Knicks. Uh All right. So this is a team that plays in the largest market in the country. And also, according to Forbes, they are the most valuable franchise in the NBA. However, they've seen any equity they built with their fan base go up in flames with a painfully disappointing first quarter of the season. And obviously, again, I'm talking about the New York Knicks. Now, I know markets can be unpredictable, but I got to say, I did not see this dip coming, especially not after last season, especially not how we started. So I'm going to start this one off myself about how I would fix the New York Knicks. First and foremost, I would love to hear this. First and foremost, the conversations on Twitter that have been happening recently about Ben Simmons for Julius Randle do not make sense. However, I am a big fan of going ahead and getting Miles Turner from the Indiana Pacers and giving up Nerlens Noel, giving up Kevin Knox, maybe even throwing Mitchell Robinson in there. The New York Knicks need size. They need a defensive threat to go ahead and defend those boards. They need a defensive threat who can stay healthy. And they need a defensive threat who's going to go ahead and make it easier for them to exist in their offense. Right now, they're getting outplayed in defense. Last season, they were a defensive threat. This season, because they got better offensively, they lost a lot of that with the acquisition of Kemba Walker and obviously Evan Fournier. You need to get some of that defense back. You can't have guys sitting on the bench that can't play. You can't have guys that are injury prone and are your big men. It just does not work. Julius Randle has his flaws, yes. But we cannot sit here and pretend like a lot of these games are not close because he plays in them. Yes, he's not a perfect person down the stretch. I don't like how he plays. Also, offensively, I don't think you should run the offense through him. But to go ahead and knock Julius Randle for all that he's contributed to this team is not a fair critique of him either. I think this team does not exist without him. I just don't think he's your star player. He's not your 1A. He's like a 1B, 1C. You still need your 1A. You still need your 1B. You're not going to get that Immediately, that's going to come down the line. How can you fix this team right now? I think Miles Turner is the answer. Down the line. You can't. There's, uh, you just, you don't have, you can't make the moves that you need to make to get that star player right here's now. Here's the move you happen. guys need to make. You need to trade Julius Randle. You need to trade all these other guys. And you need to go get Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson don't want to be in New Orleans. He's not playing. He's out the door the first chance he gets. And he's going to try to come to New York. So you might as well go get him now, give up everything you can, keep RJ, keep Zion, build around those two. Here's why I say this. You're going to send Z- you're going to send Randall back to New Orleans. Is that what you're saying? Hell yes. What? Get Randall out of there. Go get Zion. This is why I say this. You guys gave him what? 108 million dollars last year because you thought he was going to be able to carry you guys back to the number 4 seat. A 4 then year you 117 million dollar. 107, not 108, 117 million. Nine more million than I thought y'all gave him. Then you went ahead and got Kemba Walker. You went ahead and got Evan Fournier. You went ahead and drafted some really good young players. I like Grimes. I like McBride, right? And look at you guys. You're at the, you're the 12th seed in the Eastern Conference. You guys are held. You guys got Kemba Walker looking embarrassed right now. Got family coming out to the games. He's not even on the floor anymore. You guys have the same head coach, and, and the the offense is unimaginative, right? The defense isn't what it was last year. The bar was the fourth seed. You guys are three times below that. 
So so now what happens, right? I, I'm not saying that you guys should blow it up completely. I love what RJ has, right? I, I love Mitchell Robinson if he can stay on the floor and stay healthy and stay out of foul trouble, right? But wh- where do you yeah, guys go from better. here? You just said that your best player is not someone who you want to run the offense through. How are you going to get another player? Timeout. Julius Randle, even last season, last season Julius Randle was running the offense by default because you didn't have any other options. And you had your it's best not, season since Carmelo Anthony because, was here. Not because he was running the offense, because we were a defensive threat. It had nothing to do with Julius Randle running the offense. That's not oh, why. If you look no. at the numbers, if you oh, look at the no. numbers, last season he averaged 24 points per game. This season he, he slipped a little bit. Right now he's at 19. His rebounds per game are pretty Pretty much exactly the same. He slipped by just What's the margin of loss? When it What's comes the margin of assist. loss right now? Um, about, I don't about have that number on top points? of it. About, about, about roughly, what Julius Randle is not averaging last year that he was this Listen, year? Listen, field goal percentage is roughly almost identical. He slipped in his three-pointing per- in his three-point percentage, yes. Yeah, but if you look at low. season to season, it's not drastically that much different. The team around him has drastically changed. So the offense has drastically changed. And because of that, the defense has drastically slipped. I understand Julius Randle's the star. And when you're the star, when you're the leader... All shots come in your direction. But to sit up here and to say that Julius Randle is the sole reason this team is not good or I'm is not I'm not saying go- he's the reason that they're not good. It's not true. It's, it's just not, not no, that, true. That would be inaccurate. I'm just saying that I, I wouldn't ahead, I Lito. wouldn't say that I wouldn't say the team isn't good because of him, but unfortunately, he is the main player. So when you're the main player, you have to take the blame Absolutely. and the system runs the system runs through him. And like I told you guys before, I love his game. I love how hard he plays. He plays with that New York grit, but sometimes that New York grit, the way he plays, isn't smart basketball. And if he can die that down to turn that, you 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 guys might not want to hear this, but if we can, if we can turn that 19 to like 17, that uh, the rebounds to 10 and the assists to like eight, he can do that. He's capable of 17, 10, and eight every game. Stop shooting so many damn threes. Let's get back. To like, okay, if you're wide open, cool. But like when he drives downhill, he's different. Not driving downhill to spin and throw behind his back to run through the wall. I mean, drive downhill to make somebody bite to to kick it. Drive downhill if somebody steps up, pass it. And because I'm telling you, this team is just is stagnant. And who wants to play defense when they're not touching the basketball? And and I get what you guys are saying about Kimba, but like you're saying, I feel like Kimba got thrown into a situation that they thought he was Kimba from Charlotte, and he's not. Okay, I agree. if I he's agree not Kimba, if he's not Kimba from Charlotte, throw his ass in the corner and let him get it in different type of ways, not having the ball, trying to come off pick and rolls, and the goddamn on defender is jamming his ass up because the defender's a a little bit more quicker than Kimba now. Like I feel like they have to do a better job of using the team that they have because th- this time they have is is next level like Mitch like he's saying he's always in freaking foul trouble stay on the ground learn how to be patient just grab rebounds uh, run the damn floor like a gazelle block every single shot but be the second person off the floor Obi Toppin dunk rebound dive on the ground if you're open for threes take it RJ if you haven't had a shot in eight minutes, that doesn't mean as soon as the ball hits your hands, let it go. Take your time and be patient. Like, this team this team is actually put together very well, and I think it's just guys, once again, they don't understand their roles because sometimes it. you catch— That's it right there. Yeah. You just hit the nail on the yeah. head. Unlike last yeah. season, 
because you have they a knew team. their roles. Yeah, you have a team. First of all, again, I know Julius Randle is the leader, but you can't have your your unit, your bench unit, outscoring and playing better than your starters, and that's just not on Julius Randle. That had to do with Kemba when he was on the floor. That had to do with Evan Fournier when he was on the floor. But more importantly, you exactly your point right there. This team does not have an identity in any aspect. They don't have a defensive identity. They don't have an offensive identity. They don't know who their closer is. They don't know who's running the offense. They don't know who's reliable in that corner. So how does trading for Miles Turner change that? I think right now you need to add size to your team and you need to have, you need to add size in a consistent basis. Mitchell Robinson love him, but he's not consistent. He's always hurt. He plays in a way that it's, you you hold his, your breath every time he hits the floor. Taj Gibson is not a spring chicken. All right. He'll give you what he can give you, but he's not going to give you at all. Nerlens Noel is the only person as long, if you package him with Kevin Knox, that you can get someone like Miles Turner, who is a a defensive threat that's going to give you the size and the defensive edge that you need to somewhat get the reminiscence of last season. You can't go ahead and trade for anybody massive right now. You would have to blow up your entire team, and that makes no sense. You'd be back to the Carmelo Anthony days. I think I agree with Chris. You know, all due respect, we, like, let, let's let these, like, let's let Julius go while he's he's at, he's at the age he's at right now and get a young Zion. Like, because if you're looking at it, be honest, Ash, who are you taking, Julius Randle or Zion? Now, remember this, Zion is jumping chest to chest with people. Oh, Not saying Julius can't, but, like, he can't shoot. Zion can't shoot, but all due respect, Julius hasn't proven back-to-back seasons that he can shoot as well, so they're kind of even right now. Who are you going with right now? Obviously, I would take Zion, but here's the thing. I don't think Zion is the difference maker for this team either, though. I think that this team is... It's the East, though. I think that this team, and this is the same thing I said about Julius. I think Julius was forced into being a 1A guy because he was the only yeah. option. Yeah. I don't think Julius yeah. is a cancer to the New York Knicks. I don't think that nah, trading... He needs to be the third option. I don't think so to yeah. that point, to that point, Ash, yeah. if, if, if Portland calls you right now and says, yo, we're trying to deal Dame by midnight, give us your best package. Who are you trading? And are you keeping Dame? Are you are you keeping Julius? Are you keeping RJ? Obviously, you got to give one of them Shit. up. What are you doing? Give give everybody no. up and the water boy. I completely, <laughs> oh. I completely, I completely disagree. Here's why. Wait, you're, conference- you're, not taking, you're not trading for Dame? If, if I have to blow up my entire team for Dame, then no. Here's why. Because we've seen this story before with Carmelo Anthony. We blew up our entire team to get Melo, and we surrounded him with a bunch of players that we could afford, a bunch of vets, a bunch of older guys. And yeah, the team had some success. The team had some shine in the playoffs here and there, but they didn't win anything substantial. And then you know what happened when Carmelo left? This team was in rebuilding mode for eight years they did not see the playoffs. All you would be doing with Dame Lillard is rewriting the same story with a different main character. And anybody knows that is not the way to build a team. All you're going to do is put this team exactly where they were eight years ago, and nobody, whether you're a Knicks fan or not, wants to see that. Absolutely nobody. So you're hanging the phone up. You're hanging the phone up. If I have to blow up my entire team... Okay, so what would you give up? What, What would you give up for Dame? My ideal situation for Dame? Realistic, I, though. Don't, don't be out here talking about, I'll give y'all three, don't, don't, three slices of cheese pizza, one plate right, of right, oxtail. Right. Like, give us, because you know Randall got to be in it. Right. Either no, Randall would, or, or yeah. RJ. One of those two. I'm not giving up RJ Barrett, so I would have to go ahead and give up Julius Randall. Um, okay. I would keep Alec Burks. I would, I would give them Evan Fournier. They can have him, too. Kemba, but I don't know how much trade value Kemba has right now because they've yeah, already seen that. he yeah. can't play back to back and he has arthritic knees. So I don't know how much that's value so, he I, has. I love Kemba, man. That's so Me unfortunate. Too. 
I would give him Norlin, I would give up Norlin's Noel. You probably gotta give up some of your young guys. What about IQ, Toppin, Grimes? No, I, would, I, would, I would keep Toppin. I would give Kevin oh, they Knox. Keep, they I would they give want Kevin, OB. Well, they, they can't have they they they're in, they're in the, If I ask the GM, the Knicks fans ain't never gonna see Dame suit up. They, I would, my, <laughs> ideal, my ideal package would be Evan Fournier, Julius Randle. I would give them Nerland's Noel, and I would also give them Kevin Knox. That would be my four players, and maybe a first round draft pick for Dame Lillard. Seven seed. Seven Any, seed. Anything more than four players? Not named R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly. I'm not giving up. Absolutely and this is not. why this is why I think Randall's got to go in exchange for pieces that you can use to actually build with R.J. on R.J.'s timeline, right? If you put R.J. and Dame together, was Dame 30, 32, 31, something like that? And R.J.'s just now hitting his early 20s. I think you want someone in that like age range. And on top of that. If Julius can't be your 1A, I don't even know how I feel about Julius being my my, my bona fide number two, right? I'd feel a lot wow. more comfortable if, if Julius is my number three, right? I just said that, yeah. I think I, I, watching his game, and remember, this is all respect. When he was doing what he was doing last year, I was still in a place like, damn, like it went in, but... Some of those shots were crazy, bro. I was like, he's yeah, really I was making like, I was like, God damn. I said, <laughs> yeah. this is, this is, this. I was like, this is different. But I said, if he do this next year, sh- I'm I'm sold. Not trying to say the second half of this season he can't do this because the potential's there. But what he was doing, like Chris was saying, it was just, it was like some video we, game. Look, type we knew stuff. it wasn't you know sustainable because I mean? he took the money. He he could have got more money next summer. He could have got more money this summer coming up if he just said, you know what, nah, I can do this again. He took that. But I tell you though, if he's third in the system, oh my God, that's yeah, a contender. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you got yeah, Dame yeah. and you got if if the Knicks were somehow able to just swap places with the Trailblazers and keep Julius Randle, but somehow get Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, I don't know if that's possible. I haven't done the cap breakdown. That would be wild, right? Because now you've got right. a, a true big three, and, and CJ and, and Julius could take turns being that number two because we all know Dame is number one. Either way, I don't think any of this is happening. Uh, because Ash don't want to trade uh, Julius in a deal. For, for, <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Up. I'm going to tell you right now before we move on. If I was in charge of wheeling and dealing, like Clyde says, and also you right, know right, get right. well soon, Clyde. I know 17. he's going to be out till December 23rd with in COVID protocol. So please get well soon, okay. Walt well. Clyde Frazier. Thanks. We need we well need soon, you brother. at yeah. we need you at MSG, Clyde. But if I was in charge, we would have been one of chip. Just know that. But moving Seventh on. Seventh seed. <laughs> Seventh seed. Moving on to our last team in our three-on-five makeover edition. It's the Boston Celtics. All oh, right? yes. So, Blow it up. Blow <laughs> no it up. way. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Go ahead. Lead us in, let me Let me lead you guys in first, all right? Slow your roll. After mm. making the Eastern Conference Finals in Disney, a.k.a. the bubble, this team fell short of expectations last year and are following in the same trend in 2021. Stars Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum seem to be redundant. They lack a true point guard. And rumors have been circulating about the lack of camaraderie in the locker room, which is Mm. not a good sign. Boston's a market people want to play in. Let's, you know, that's true. Boston's a cool city. It's a good market. So Christian, what moves would you make to make over the Celtics? And before you answer, let me just give you some facts, all right? So last season, 36 and 36 after reaching the Eastern Conference Finals in the bubble. Right now, they are 22nd in three points at three point percentage at 33%. Last year, they were 11th. 
Jalen Brown is on a two-year, a four-year contract, uh, $106 million. And Jason Tatum has a five-year, $163 million max deal until 2026. I think the biggest thing with the Celtics is they need a real-life point guard, right? I think we said this before. I don't think there's a star point guard they can get without blowing up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I want to see them play a little bit longer together. But I do think that there is a trade to be made. I think they should just go and try to get Fred Van Vliet. Why not? Go Ooh. make a deal. You can keep you can keep Jason Tatum. You can keep Jalen Brown. You can put a bunch of those other pieces around. I know Lethal's over there looking like, eh, I don't know. I don't know, but I like that as an upgrade from Marcus Smart and from, you think from Toronto. Schroeder. You think Toronto gonna get that up, bro? <sighs> That's tough, Especially but I mean, he just signed me? a new he's deal. carrying. He's carrying. All right, I got a question right now. Who's carrying Toronto right now? I mean, carrying Toronto where? I'm, it's not about where. It's oh, about. Oh, I'm telling Raptors Twitter because they are rebuilding right exactly. now. Exactly, they're so rebuilding, they're and, and Toronto doesn't. I think Toronto do, does an excellent job in terms of identifying talent through the draft and through the G they League. Right? Where, where did Fred VanVleet come from? Right. Respect. So yeah. he, they can get another one of him, and on top of that, I'm not another one of him, but they can get another guard that they can turn that up. And and to your point, I do agree with you. Like like Fred VanVleet is shouldering a large load uh, in in Bro, Toronto. He looking. He looking real. And I don't think this is a one time thing. I think this is really him because it's oh, happening. Oh, you, you don't think he playing? You think? I think this is him. I think this is him, bro. And as far as the Celtics, I'm only reason I say blow it up because I know Yahoo, but I'm trying to tell y'all something ain't clicking. Somebody don't like somebody. Oh, something wow. is not like, like if you watch their games, they don't be looking happy with other people. Like it's like, I, I don't know. It's just something may add up. If that's from the a, case, if training, we're trading, then I, then I, I kind of had this idea in my head. You know, okay, okay. if we're trading, I, number one, I'm keeping Jason Tatum at all costs, right? He's oh, the best, he's the best player on that team. And the second thing full I'm doing fact. is I'm doing whatever I can to get Carl Anthony Towns. I, I think you put Jason Tatum and Carl Anthony Towns on the same team uh, and it works. And I think if I'm Minnesota, I'm looking at Anthony Edwards like, okay, this is the real deal. And I'm looking at Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell like, I don't know. I don't, is it gonna I don't work? want y'all right, right, to rub right. off on him. And now he's out here not caring right. about losing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I right, think that might right. be the way to go if I'm Boston. So I have a question for you. Jason Tatum is better than Jalen Brown. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't think it's. I won't say I don't think it's close, but I just think that Tatum's Tatum is just such a gifted scorer. I mean, just the yeah. way he's able to hit shots, length, athleticism. He's got it all. I love Jalen Brown, and I've seen Jalen Brown grow as a scorer. I think his handle is underrated. He's defensively, yeah. I mean, incredible defense. Um, but yeah. I just think that if you have to trade one of those guys, I would rather not trade either of them. I want to see them work this yeah. out. If you got to trade one of them, you got to trade Jalen Brown. I would love to know what's their plus minus together. Ooh, I, would, I would love to I, know. I that. think Josh yeah. could find that this, for us. Yeah. I, while I would he's love looking, to while he's that. looking for that, the real question is: Is do you think Minnesota would do a Jalen Brown for Carl Anthony Towns trade? If it's if it's to save Anthony Edwards, hell yeah. Because if you think about, it, if you put Anthony Edwards and Jalen Brown, and it's not going to be Jalen Brown straight up, right? The, the Celtics going to have to give up probably Marcus Smart. They have to give up a couple other pieces in there. Uh, and I'm looking at their roster. I mean, you give up Josh Richardson with that deal as well. Um, but I think if you're Boston and you've got a 1A already in in, J- in uh, Jason Tatum and you're able to get another guy, I mean, listen, I know Carl Anthony Towns still has a lot to prove, right? He hasn't won anything. He hasn't proven it. He's, got, he's been to the playoffs only when, when Jimmy Butler took them there, right? But I think if you bring him to Boston and you have him with Carl Anthony, with uh, with with Jason Tatum, and I love Ime Udoka as a head coach. You know, I, I think they put Shout the pieces around Long. them to make it work. Yeah, exactly. Right. Shout out to Nia Long. I didn't even know he had Nia Long. I'm like, damn, bro, you yeah, should be sniping all that off the court. Oh, boy, I think yeah, they can play. 
the first lady of the Boston Celtics, Nia Long. Listen, Things you love you, to see. If that's not enough of a reason to win, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> you see that's Nia hilarious. Long sitting courtside. If that doesn't give you more of a reason to get your shit together in the locker room and make something happen, then there's no hope for you, my guy. Before we close out, our amazing producer, Josh, or one of our amazing producers, uh, according to Stat Muse, Tatum and Brown are plus 1050 combined with all of their years together. So they play well together. Exactly. There's we a chemistry there. We can't there. split them up, Chris. That's what I'm saying. We you got to add something up. else on top of that. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye, Marcus Smart, Dennis. <laughs> everybody else got to go. Free Chris Shred Paul. the whole team. Keep those two, <laughs> <laughs> those two together. Oh, well, man. fellas, that does it for this makeover edition of 315. All right. That does it for 3 on 5. Let's hit social media and fire up our segment on the timeline. You know what time it is. It's time to scroll down the timeline. It's on the TL. First thing on the timeline, unfortunately, it's COVID-19 making a comeback. We had COVID down three to one, y'all, and now it's a tie series. I just saw this tweet from Andrew Beaton at Andrew Beaton, B-E-A-T-O-N. 37 NFL players tested positive for COVID-19 mm. in one day. The NBA, the English Premier League, and NHL teams have been shut down because of, of outbreaks. And the last week has been a blunt reminder that the pandemic is still a problem for sports. Lethal, if you were Adam Silver, at what point do you suspend the season? I'm not suspending no season. Guys, I'm not trying to say they are. Mm. Go to the gym. Go home. Go to the gym. Go home. Go to the gym. On the road. Get on the bus, get on the plane, go to the arena, go back to the hotel. Hey, that's go tough, back to man. the hotel. I, that's tough. I was in Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> look, look. You know what, right, Christian? No, you, we're not you doing just this. Get, you just didn't go get no wings. You went oh, to go through no, $40. Listen, oh, 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 but man, listen, I ain't getting that lethal money, listen, that lethal shooter money. I can't throw that money like nah, that. Nah, me neither. I ain't getting it either. You see, you see, we getting free sweaters. They didn't have me pay for this. Shout I out to be uninterrupted for, for these dope sweaters, man. I can't Yeah, once again, man, shout out, man. I can't afford this rich stuff, but... uh. I would not, I would not cancel the season. Like, I just feel like we got to get it together. We got it. Not saying they're not mm -hmm. being strict on the says They have to be humans. They have to do other things. But like, man, you know, put your mask on. Like, let's be strict. You guys are making, uh, you know, 60 to $150 million a year. Not saying, of course. you know, mistakes don't happen. But, you know, just be a little bit more strict, guys. You know, you know, you know, like, let's. <laughs> let's, let's... <laughs> so I'm going to, let's, I'm going to give you guys some backstory a little bit. So, you know, as the tweet said, 37 NFL players tested positive on Monday. Yeah. And they are actually, as of today, this is today, Tuesday. You guys will hear this on Wednesday. They're expecting to have a finalized 25 additional more positive tests. Oh, so And then Taylor, Taylor, Christian got, McCaffrey he, is someone yeah, who oh, just tested positive. Oh, this is NFL positive. alone. We haven't even yeah, touched on NFL. NBA. We, so you know what I'm saying? Five, five Nets players tested positive or are in yeah, the health so, and safety protocols. Nine Bulls players. Uh, Taylor well, and Tucker. It's crazy. Well, going back to the NFL, some of the big names, Christian McCaffrey, Odell Beckham just tested positive after the big game against the Cardinals. Actually, Los Angeles as a whole is having an outbreak because the Lakers actually canceled practice today. The Bulls-Pistons oh. game is postponed. As you know, the Bulls had a huge outbreak, which ultimately trickled down to the New York Knicks because R.J. Barrett... Obi Toppin, Clyde Frazier, and I believe Grimes are all out mm. in COVID protocol. 
So it is, it's it's trickling down. There's a lot going on. And, you know, unfortunately, it does not all have to do with the fact of, you know, not being quote unquote responsible. A lot of these guys, remember, they play in markets where there aren't vaccine mandates. Only Los Angeles and New York have mandates. That means that anybody that you're around, whether family or friends, they don't have to be vaccinated. And that leaves you vulnerable. So, and then again, a lot of these markets are in cold weather climates. And as the cold weather mm. starts trickling in, the just the overall foundation of uh, the breeding ground for sicknesses in general, like the flu and the cold, get a lot mm. more um, probable. And now you throw COVID in the mix. Man, you know what? You know what? Forget that. <laughs> that happens. He said, screw the pull science. Up, pull I don't up. care. Nah, for real, Chris. <laughs> for, listen to this, y'all. Pull the whole damn G League team up and let them play in the game. If guys want to be, if that's going down and stuff like that, like let's, like, am Yo. I wrong? No, like I feel like yeah. I feel like we got to start. Like, and remember, I'm not trying to say like I'm the I'm the fuck the own the owner, not the owner, but the the commissioner from hell. But it's like how the hell ten players from the same team? Oh nah, y'all was at the and same. They spot. went to Magic City. Well, right. Right. They, yeah, they, the they practice together though. So if one guy has it, if you're practicing lethal, you know way to take up for him. Ash. No, but way true. Listen, I, I feel they're you. not. I feel let's you. let's call a spade a spade. Basketball is not an outdoor sport. They're playing in a closed gym. They're touching the same ball. This this is why I would need people like you next to me because I I wouldn't be that shit. They're sweating. (laughs) They're breathing on each other. It's it's not hard to get it. And then also after the games, they're dapping each other up. They're shaking hands. They're trading jerseys. Things that are now okay because of, you know, vaccines being out there. It's a very imperfect system. I'm not quite sure how you stop this because you told guys, okay, if you get vaccinated, you have freedom to do certain things. Guys are vaccinated and still catching COVID, which was expected. Nobody said you weren't going to catch COVID if you were vaccinated. You just wouldn't die, which is the ultimate goal. But it's going to be interesting. I want to ask you guys this, though. Last season, we didn't have 82 games. Did last season show we didn't need 82 games of a season? Oh, man. There's something about the number 82 that I just love. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) If we're going to drop it down to 50... I what mean, or 72, 69, 69 games. You, you know what I'm saying? We uh, that's that's a number I am. I, <laughs> that's a number I'm a fan of. You know what I'm saying? I was gonna say something else, but we'll we'll leave that. Um, but I mean, to to your question, um, I think if we, it's tough, right? Because I think Adam Silver once said, "There's nothing magical about the number 82. It just happens to be the number of games that we play." Right. Um, but at the same time, it's like, OK, well, it's been played this way all for all of time. And now we want to, you know, what I'm saying take the number down. I new guess world, if, we take the number, if we take the number down with the understanding that we'll bring it back up to 82 in the event that we live in a healthy and safe world, then yes. But if we're just dropping it for good. Uh, I mean, but still like, right, like we, we want people to be healthy. Right. I think people I think it's, health and safety should be the 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 like most important thing here. So. Do you it's think, tough, though, that that's, that might be the most reasonable adjustment to make? Because let's let's be honest, going back into the bubble is, is not an option. The bubble is the safest route. The bubble is probably the, the route that makes the most sense. Be honest. Players don't want to go back into the bubble. And two, I don't think the league, with as much money as they lost in terms of revenue from they tickets, they can't afford bubble. that again. If they did a bubble somewhere that's not Orlando, do a bubble in Magic City. They'll be just fine. You know, know what? what? Have the Magic City bubble. Have the Vegas bubble. Get to the next topic. Have next topic. This, this, my man went to Atlanta one time. We know where all your rent money just went. <laughs> you ain't 
lying. <laughs> you ain't lying. I'm broke, baby. Yo, no, listen. If, if if Christian can't pay pay his rent, shout out to his landlord. If right, he can't pay his rent, why. you guys yeah. know why. Okay? Listen, man. And, and if we see somebody with our with our one of ones uh, sweaters on, we're gonna know you sold it too. <laughs> we'll, we'll cook for money. You feel me? <laughs> right. We'll cook for money. Speaking Get of that, oh, well, let's, let's move on to whatever's next on the timeline. Second thing up is, okay, the L.A. Rams defeated the Arizona Cardinals 30-23 to on Monday Night Football. And Twitter let me know that OBJ is officially back. And I should have known that because I didn't play OBJ in my fantasy team. And Not I lost that. in the playoffs, y'all. Lost. I should have played OBJ. Mm. If I had played him, I'd have won. Uh, either way, after scoring the first touchdown of the game, OBJ mimicked the TikTok self-defense guru <laughs> during his <laughs> touchdown celebration. And it went viral. So because of this, I got to ask, guys, what's your favorite on-the-court celebration? Uh, I'm going to give you guys a couple. Yes, I'm thinking of the first Carmelo of all, that Anthony. Guy is a, that guy is a menace, first of yeah, all. Yeah, don't, don't try what <laughs> he's trying and, to tell and, you to uh, do. But, but hold on. Exactly. Don't do that. So uh, everybody listen. Those are skits. Do not <laughs> yeah. ever do nothing like right. that. If somebody right, run way, up on you right, with a gun, do not give them Give them your money. Those are skits. You cannot right, take the right. money to the afterlife. You feel me? He, he's a professional. <laughs> Leave went right, into right, dad right. mode so quick. He said, disclaimer, <laughs> Seriously. do not try this yes. at home. You will do end up getting shot. You will die. <laughs> right. This is social oh, media. Man. But either way, back to the to the topic. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out what you guys' favorite on-court celebration is. We got Mellow 3 to the domes. We got the, the dance that LeBron did where he got fined, the Sam Cassell big balls dance. And it was just a couple. <laughs> what, what are some of y'all? What are you guys' favorite? Uh... I love Three to the Dome. Yeah. Three to Does the... it have to be basketball? No. What, what else you got? Three to the Dome was one of I, my I... favorite celebrations ever. It still is. It just, it's so gritty. It just is so just like simple, but it just means like, yo, I it's, got it's you, sick. bro. I got it's you. Sick. Yeah, it's just it's gangster. Shout out to Melo, bro. Yeah, facts. yeah, shout out to Carmelo, man. I'm gonna have to go with Deion Sanders. Oh, yes. You remember he used to get to like that 10-yard line and he'll give you the, uh, yeah. the Deion slide, uh, the slide. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I got I gotta go with Deion. Shout out to Deion Sanders. And most importantly, shout out to what he did for that, for that football program. You know, he went to a program right. that a lot of people, you know, people don't be wanting to go back to black colleges and do stuff. And Deion showed us that if you go with the right infrastructure and the right positive attitude, you can change the program. So not just shout out for the dancing. Shout out for showing us and paving the way for, for a new tradition. You're preaching good, Lethal. You know who had one of my favorite hey. on-court <laughs> celebrations? Hails from none other than Brooklyn, New York. Who? My man, Lance Stevenson. The guitar? <laughs> Which one? When he would hit the guitar, oh, yeah, he yeah. would break people down and hit the guitar. <laughs> hey, someone needs yeah. to sign Lance Stevenson. You know what? Once again, Chris, I got an idea. He needs to sell T-shirts with a guitar Listen, on it that has him playing it. needs to be a little more relevant before he starts selling some T-shirts. What about, oh, the, Steph, what about the, yeah. the, 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 the shimmy that Steph always does? That's cool. Oh, no, the, the shimmy when he hits the shot, that's a good uh, one. Y'all don't like that yeah. one? I, I like the shot more than the shimmy. It's cool. I, I like this. I, I like, like the, the shimmy, but I do shot. also... It's it, he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't do it when he would hit a basket, but I did enjoy it. It was a pregame ritual. Obviously, the LeBron James yeah. with the powder in the air in the Miami oh, Big yeah. Three era... That yeah, was that so is a dope. Moment. Even if you weren't a you Heat right. fan, which I was not, it's, it was so dope. Oh, wow. to see. It was just cool. It was cool to see it. I yeah. love watching I that. I would say easily the most badass celebration I've ever seen was when Dame hit the sidestep from half court over Paul George and then waved them goodbye. I'm like, oh, nah, this <laughs> but, man different. But the thing is, why was the why was the wave like that? I don't that? know. Like, <laughs> it was like that. I think he was just captured. <laughs> Who the, the hell moment. ever went? <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, the Westbrook oh, yeah. rock the baby. You guys like oh, yeah, the rock the baby? He does that oh, every that's, single that's time. Oh, that's beautiful. That, who started the the little 
baby thing when you point when you put your hand on the ground. Oh no! You know, like somebody's too small and you and you. <laughs> oh, and you that's, do this the, to the that's one of the most disrespectful things you could do. That's disrespectful. I, I think I think, Lamar, uh, I think Andre Drummond did that to Lamarcus Aldridge last year. Unfortunately, oh, and, and then man. he retired right after that game. And obviously, it was because of, it was because of heart <laughs> issues. But like. It was oh, disrespectful. Okay, okay. I was like, I "Damn!" Didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't like you know it happening in real time, but you know the ice tray shiver was nah. pretty dope. Yeah. And also when he when he silenced the crowd, and he said it's quiet in here. I hated it in the moment, but watching back, I was like, "Man, this guy yeah. has some balls on him, mm. yo!" Like for yeah. real. We just gonna move on to the next thing on the timeline, and apparently we have a new Miss Universe. Oh, oh, snap. And she's from India. Whoa, congratulations. Nice. Harnaz Sandhu takes home the crown in this year's competition. So, Ashley, I'm going to ask you the same question I saw Steve Harvey ask Miss Universe on my timeline and see how your answer matches up to hers. Okay, you ready? So, what advice would you give the young woman watching on how to deal with the pressures that they face today in society? I would say there are going to be a lot of things in life, especially as a woman. Unfortunately, you're gauged by how you look versus who you are as a person. You know, that's the first thing that people see. And there are going to be a lot of things in life that make you question your self-worth and make you question your beauty, both inner and outer, whether it's a boyfriend, whether it's a friend, whether it's TV, whether it's media, whether it's, you know, a teacher, whether it's your own family. And I would just say to hold on to your innocence, hold on to your fearlessness. You know, when we're kids, before we're hurt, before we hear the word no, we believe we can do anything, right? You, we were on the jungle gym and we think we can go from the top of the highest slide and, and and jump off and land on the monkey bars and we we can do anything. You know, we have a fearlessness and then, you know, life sets in and we hear no and we allow people to get inside our heads and our and we start questioning our own power and our own, you know, skill set and what we bring to this life and what we bring to friendships and relationships and a job and it allows you to kind of it, it you get it gets inside of you and it starts to beat you down. I would just say hold on to that fearlessness that you had when you were a kid because what somebody can't appreciate in you, somebody else will. And everything that you think is ugly or unattractive or not desirable is are the all the things that make you beautiful and somebody who mm. is worthy of appreciating them will appreciate them. Let's and that's what I will say. Let's snap it up for Ash. I we mean, you just mo- hey. You just yeah. motivated me. I mean, <laughs> goodness gracious, if I was a young a young queen listening to you right now, like I would have a lot of confidence. That was that was beautiful. Thank That's you. Yeah. Least, I got a question for you too. If there was an NBA pageant, as a judge, mm-hmm. what questions would would you want to be asked? How would I change the world? Okay. Yeah, hmm. that's that's a, that's something. How I would, would you change would the world, Lethal? Would you make would you make sure everybody got a got a got a jump shot on them? Would that be a lasting impression? Everybody on the earth can shoot. I'll just make sure that everybody had try to have equal resources in the same community so everybody can have an even slate Hmm. um, to win in life. And I think not only just in sports, but in in everyday life. And remember, not big things, not saying we need to give people things, but I feel like, you know, just just putting small stuff in certain communities. So like what Ashley said, so somebody can feel like that they're wanted, that they're not forgotten, that that we do care for them because the smallest things can give so many people self-confidence. And some of these communities, um, they're not getting that type of love. And that's why some of the things take place. So that's 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 what I would that's what I would want the world to know. You know, you know, one thing I would probably ask if there was some type of an NBA pageant, you know what I'm saying? It would be, you know, if if money wasn't a necessity, right? If you didn't have to do things for money, 
what would your life look like? You know, what would you spend the rest of yeah. your time doing? Because I find that a lot of the times, you know, a lot of people get wrapped up in, in trying to make money and trading time for money. And then you look back and you've lived a yeah. life where all you've done is, is work, you know? And, and like, yeah. what would you do if you didn't have work? How would you? It's kind of also like it ties into your question as well, Lethal. How would you make an impact on this world if you weren't trading time yeah. for money all your life? And I think that would tell you a lot. I think I would ask them, if you weren't an NBA star, what would you be doing? Mm. That wraps us up for, for this edition of, of On The Timeline. Let's kick it to my boy Lethal, who got something certified for y'all. You guys already know, man. Before we end the show, it's time for my segment. And you know what they say. When life... <laughs> Freaking Josh. When life gives you lemons, get buckets. That's like right. That it's one. the certified bucket. That's actually way better than the other when ones because Josh be yeah. having to say some wild stuff. Because technically you wouldn't you know need I mean? a bucket to carry all them lemons. You feel me? So, oh yeah. God. So, thank you. Thank you, right. Josh, for not jo- making Josh me look crazy. Josh is one of, one of... What episode is this? That's one for one ten. For <laughs> one for ten. But that means next week he's going to give me something crazy. Yeah. Verified with our stamp of approval, it's the certified bucket of the week. My certified bucket... I got to give it to J.R. Smith, man. This dude has a 4.0 GPA. For real, man. Because, you know, he's a a definition of one of those guys that, you know what, basketball, you know what, I wasn't feeling the vibe of basketball. I'm going to go back. I'm going to get an education. I'm going to go play golf. And most importantly, I'm going to get my work done. I'm going to show everybody how smart I am. Not in life, but in education as well. So I just want to say shout out to JR. Keep up the great work. I'm watching from afar. He's one of my good friends. And don't let us down. Continue to be the person we know who Facts. you are because you're moving mountains right JR now. JR could have gone to any school he wanted to. Any school oh, would have opened again, the doors. Say, say, say what type of school he went to. He though. went to HBCU? a historically black college. Exactly. My man, exactly. that is just an incredible, did, yeah. incredible. Did any of you guys go to an HBCU? You already know the vibes. You know, you know what? I went I to Hampton. Stop I playing. wasn't educated on that. I went to Hampton. I wasn't educated. See, shout out to Hampton. Oh, you went to, yeah, you went they, to Hampton? So I, so I went to uh, Benjamin Banneker Academy High School, which is kind of like a black, uh, majority black high school in Brooklyn. And, um, you know, I had okay. regular grades. I had a regular GPA. I think I had like an 84 average. Nothing nothing special. Uh, and one day, Hampton Shit, comes good. to... Yeah, mm-hmm. it was all right. And one day, Hampton comes <laughs> to my school... And, and they're like, hey, you know what I'm saying? And they asked different questions. They didn't ask, okay, well, what do you think about classes? They asked, okay, well, what do you want to do with your life, right? And I had a pretty clear picture. I was like, hey, you know, I wanted to be doing what I'm doing right now. And they're like, hey, well, why don't you come out for a tour in Tor Hampton? I went on a tour. I fell in love. I mean, obviously the girls were beautiful, but beautiful. the girls, the campus was beautiful. The, the, the classes were, the classrooms were great. And they kind of gave me the structure to learn more about journalism. You know what I'm saying? It just created Dope. that environment mm. where you see a lot of people that look like you going out and getting it, whatever it is, for themselves every day, you know. And I'm sure JR is having the same type of experience in North Carolina right now. So shout outs to him for, number one, choosing an HBCU. And then also on top of that, he's not just studying. He's not just just in school. He's he's golfing as well. You know what I'm saying? Dope. He's doing both. Yeah. So Beautiful get you a man who can well, do both. You feel listen, me? Listen, I didn't go to an HBCU, but I do have familiarity with one because my dad is a graduate of HU. You know, shout out to Howard University and the Bisons. Yeah, and I saw saw it on your page, your parents, isn't it the anniversary or something? It is. My parents today are celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary. My man did 25 years. (laughs) He made it sound like a bid. Yeah. Oh, hey, tell tell your day. Hey, shout out to him, man. 25 years. That's a long time. Never see him, man. Drinks on me. (laughs) 
Seriously. <laughs> Yo, Lethal's playing out the PSA. Stay, he's the real stay MVP. Stay single for as but long as possible, says Lethal Shooter. He did I mean, that's the next single, headline. But it's just, that's the next you know, headline on Twitter. Lethal Shooter says, he's a good man. He's a good man. Says Lethal Shooter. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't don't say that. I never said avoid marriage. Like, I have a fiance, so you got to make sure you, you know, you find that queen. And, and, and but I'm saying, he's the definition. Hey, give me some relationship advice real quick, Lethal. When did you know that your queen was the one? You know what I'm saying? That that made you want to not be in the streets no more. I mean, because it wasn't, it wasn't about sports. It wasn't about me. It was just about like, um and be, uh, me being a better person. And when you find that, it's like, all right, you know what? She's the one. You know what I mean? Like, like you, Chris, like, I'm not trying to be funny about it. You might find, not saying this is true, but like, oh, well, you do stuff for the Nets. Oh, can I come to a game and stuff? It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, you want that girl that's going to say, hey, Chris, you know, let, let's go for a walk and talk. Or like, you know, I'm going to cook you dinner. Like that one now, girl want, you were saying you he watched. He wants a Knicks fan who's going to clown him for being a Nets fan and working for them. You you cover that bum-ass <laughs> you know, team? Oh, <laughs> so that's, that's when you know you found the one. So her dad, I mean, he the real MVP. Like, it's, it's hard to find. Men to, to do the long haul. He's doing the long oh, haul. No, so I, I think my I think my that, queen so, might you know. be in Atlanta somewhere. Yeah, I need to go. Cop, Jesus, hop on that plane, <laughs> on that he went to Atlanta and lost his mind. <laughs> on that note, he went to Atlanta and lost his oh, mind. On that man. note, my my certified bucket of the week is going to no, going none with? other than LeBron James. Oh, he yeah. is the West. He is the Western Conference Player of the Week. And look, it's not because he you know it's right now twenty eight points per game, eight assists, seven rebounds, sixty percent from the field. Dang. But look, for me, it's not even about all of that. It's about the fact that this man is 30 plus years old. I'm sorry, 35 plus years old. That man is 50. And is still playing to a level of productivity where he can implement, not even implement, that he can just drastically affect his team for the better at this level, at this age, is unbelievable. We've never seen it before. I don't know if we will see it again after him. Obviously, we talk about Steph and players like that. But after LeBron, the type of player that he is, don't know if we ever see this again. So I'm just enjoying watching it forever, how long it will be. And that situation of him and Bronny playing together looks more and more like a reality every single day. Yeah, listen, I, I, we want, the streets need that. You know what I'm saying? Let that happen. You know what else the streets need? Oh, one quick thing. Happy early birthday, LeBron James, because he turns 37 on December 30th. Happy birthday, oh, wow. fellow Capricorn, like your girl, gang, gang, we the goats, moving on. You guys are the goats under under Scorpios, you feel me? Scorpio season no. comes number one. Scorpios are the devils, but moving this on. Is, this is why. This, <laughs> why why the slander for Scorpios? It's, it's awful. We feel like we not, we just not welcome nowhere, man. But you know who is welcome? <laughs> Kevin Durant is always mm. welcome on any basketball court, on uh, in the park. You know what I'm saying? In the driveway where you got the bucket hanging on a, on a pole, he gonna get buckets no matter where it is. He can she can outshoot lethal underwater probably somewhere. You talking crazy? <laughs> Kevin Durant dropped 51. <laughs> I love Katie, that's my Kevin, man. Shooting underwater. Kevin different. Durant dropped 51 <laughs> on the Pistons in the game that James Harden sat out. And not only did he score 51 points, he scored 51 points on 31 shots. He shot 16 of 31. And after that game, I asked him, yo, KD, what if you shot 30 times a game for an entire season? You know, he told me, he said, number one, 30 shots is a lot to get up over the course of the season. And then he said, you know what? I want to be more than a scorer, right? I want to impact the game in other ways, so I can't do that. But just let your mind imagine. Imagine Kevin Durant taking 30 shots a game. I did the math. He's going to average about 44 points a game if he shoots that many shots. Easy. Easy. He's the best. It's crazy. Easy. It's crazy. So that that's Easy. where my certified bucket goes. You know what I'm saying? 
You know what? It's the holiday season. I'm feeling generous. I don't know about you guys. So I feel like lethal to your segment, we should add a bonus bucket of the week. Who do you got? Oh, nice. I know it's Tuesday. They haven't played yet, but I, I got a lot of confidence in my guy, Steph. He's going to break the oh, record God. in the garden. To, I know you don't want it to happen there. It's going to happen. But he was smart. <laughs> he strategically did it there because, you know, that's the mecca of media. Absolutely. He knows that as soon as he makes that second shot, everybody from here to China to India in the world is going to know. So shout out to Steph for breaking the record. Don't make me look bad. <laughs> Thank you so much for being who you are, not as a basketball player, but as a man and as a person, because he's not only just using basketball, he's helping change the world with basketball. Gotta, so keep up the great work. It ain't happening, Lethal. I already uh, know what? Tom Thibodeau is willing to lose by Tim? 80 if it means not uh, less. You think so? What? Full court, triple team. Let everybody else score. You know what I'm saying? Anybody but Steph. We will lose this game, but Steph is not breaking this record. That's what Tibbs is going to say. Oh nah, he's going to break the record. He's going he's gonna to shoot. He's probably going to hit yeah. the first just so, shot he Just takes. so y'all know, I'm going to be on the emotional gulag all night I'm because weak. I know that I was set up by the oh, NBA and Steph Curry. So yeah. this happened specifically at MSG. He had three games yeah. to break this record. Three games, yeah. and he went five for yeah. 15 on Monday right. so that That's he could hilarious. do it in the right. garden. He never does that. Come on, right. Right. The jig is up. Right. I'm Steph not is so petty it. for that. Steph so is so petty. petty. Right. And Tim's, Tim's got to be just as petty. Like, you know what? Full court, triple, triple team. team. What's up? For sure. Listen, What's up? Triangle and two, boxing one, everything. Listen, pick him up. Play, at, pick him up at the three quarters court line. Play six men on the court for all I care. Just anything to make sure this doesn't happen. But all right, oh, fellas, man. that is a wrap for this week's episode of Certified Buckets. How you guys feeling? Feeling good. Feel great. I mean... In our swaggy sweaters. You know what I'm saying? Shout outs to... Well, who made these? What's his name? Uninterrupted. I, this, I is, uninterrupted this is, this is custom. You don't see the tags? This is, this custom, is custom tags. Like, it says uninterrupted on the bed. This is, this is real deal. I told hey, you I can't what's, what's the resale like value so on these? Keep send- What's the resale? Y'all can keep, send- y'all can well, keep fu- sending me these type of gifts, Fun man. fact, just so you guys know, these are sold out on uninterrupted.com. That's what I'm saying. So- Stock X. Oh. Stock X, what's up? I'm about to flip these for a calm honey bun. What's up? <laughs> I need, I need a hundred bears for these. Honey exactly. Seriously. I need a hundred k for these. Well, I hope these aren't our Christmas gifts. We should be getting more gifts. I hope <laughs> Yo, from them for Christmas. Out of control, What's up? Guys? Can, can I get an uninterrupted iPhone? Can I? Can I Please. get an uninterrupted PS Five? No, I don't even need no video games right now. I'm, I'm focused. You feel me? You know what? Listen, if you guys want to hear more of these shenanigans and crazy conversations, do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. And do not forget to shoot your shot on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets, and we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on the next show. All right, fellas, any final thoughts before we close it out? Atlanta, I love you. Take me back. (laughs) Take me back, Atlanta. (laughs) If we go on eBay and we see that hoodies for sale, we will know where your money was going, Atlanta. (laughs) Because, look, my man ain't got no fresh cut. My man drinking water as a meal right now. My man is saving his cash. You heard me busting down. You heard me stuffing my face (laughs) earlier, man. You eating syrup sandwiches this week. You didn't spend some money in Atlanta. I don't think I ever had a syrup sandwich in my life. (laughs) Chris is doing this whole podcast from his phone because he ain't pay his, his internet. He didn't sold the the laptops uninterrupted gave us. <laughs> that's why we have mic issues. That's, that's why he's having mic issues. That's why that's what's really he's really doing it from his phone. He's acting like <laughs> yeah, he's tracking me, y'all. Listen, 
I just, oh, listen, man. man. What happens in Atlanta stays in Atlanta. Cupcake at Magic City. <laughs> Give my man some cash back. He needs Sir, it ASAP. Need He's struggling. Goodness Shout gracious. out to Pasha. Pasha uh, Lounge and Restaurant. They got some really good uh No shout chops. out to them. They ain't pay us. Get out of here. Anyway, listen. On that note, everybody, we are out. Until next week, peace. 